that felt incredibly empowering, incredibly liberating. And I felt like I finally had a voice. Hi everyone and welcome back to the self-discovery series. I'm your podcast host Sasha McKinnon and today we have Shannon Gold who is a registered psychiatric nurse with over six years experience in the mental health field, mainly working with youth and young adults. She now operates her own independent psychiatric nursing practice, Support With Us, which offers comprehensive mental health assessments, counseling, outreach services, and psychosocial rehabilitation support. And today she will be speaking about her own challenges in remaining centered in authenticity and challenges that can arise for all of us who are seeking a soul-aligned life. I'm so excited to share this episode with you all because Shannon has so many great things to talk about within the barriers of remaining true to ourselves and being our authentic selves. Sometimes we don't seem to take a look at that or recognize it as much. Of course, it's challenging for us to be open and honest and speak our truth, especially at the beginning when we're practicing being authentic. So she just kind of shares a bit more about her own struggles with it, but also challenges that we all can encounter with being authentic. So I'm excited to get this episode started with you all. Hi, Shannon. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, Sasha. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to chat with you. I know you have a lot to share with us all about the barriers on staying centered with your authenticity. And I'm curious if you could maybe share a little bit with everyone about yourself and your own experience related to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, when I was younger, I always thought that people wanted and liked extroverts. And so I always was very extroverted, um, you know, liked uh, being the center of attention, thinking that was like important, even though on the inside, I felt so uncomfortable with it. And then afterwards, just feeling like, ick, you know, that didn't feel like me at all. Um, And it felt very performative. So for a very long time, I definitely led a uh, inauthentic life thinking that I was somebody that people wanted me to be. Um, So fast forward probably, you know, 10 years and, you know, 10 years of working in mental health and then going through, you know, our own experiences, maturing, growing up, learning different things. I came to a uh, bit of a crossroads for in my own journey. Um, I had been struggling with remaining authentic throughout my career just in terms of um, taking on too much work and saying yes all the time and not being able to say no even though I really needed to some of that like people pleasing so kind of was feeling some burnout uh, especially you know during the pandemic Um, I was nursing at that time and it was quite stressful and then I know we've talked about this in the past and I'll be quite transparent in October 2021 sat with the uh, decision whether to get vaccinated against COVID 
And it was a big thing for me um, because in my gut, I really had to listen into my intuition and my inner voice. And it was just telling me not right now, just not right now. And I'm not saying that that decision is for everyone or anything like that, but it just was such a deep knowing for me that just not right now, just hold off. And so I held off as long as I could, you know, quietly, because at that time there was a lot of, uh, you know, words being thrown around, especially in the healthcare system um, regarding, you know, quote unquote, anti-vaxxers and kept my voice quite quiet, Um, even though on the inside it was very uncomfortable for me. Um, And then it came down to it. I really didn't think that I would lose my job. I was like, oh no, this, this can't be, this can't be it because I, I love my job. I do so, do so much here. And what about my clients? What about my team? Like, I can't, I can't believe this. And, you know, as it got down to it, uh, you know, friends, family, colleagues, there was so much for me to make this decision. And I, had to stay in that authentic place. I had to just keep listening, even though it would have been, you know, a lot more satisfying to the people around me to just go ahead and do it. And I did end up leaving the mainstream healthcare system. And I don't know if any of your listeners or yourself have um, ever tried like floating. I had gone a few times and found it really powerful but there was one time I went in and you're in there for 90 minutes it's a long time Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I came out of that and in my kind of post deep meditation gaze I um just told the reception person I I said to him I don't think I want to be a nurse anymore (laughs) that just came out and he's like oh okay. And it was just this moment of, I want to do more and I want to do it in an authentic way to help people because I, I loved my job and I loved helping people. That's been my calling. I've always wanted to be there for people who are struggling and I have an empathetic heart and I just felt like I had so much to give. And so it was facing those barriers. So long story short, there's a lot of cultural, societal, familial barriers and situations that arise that will cause you to question your authenticity, to question your intuition and pressure you to just fit the mold. And so for me, it's been this journey of sticking to my guns. And it, I also have to add that it was the first time I ever stood up for myself in something that I had actually believed in. And that felt incredibly empowering, incredibly liberating. And I felt like I finally had a voice and not just for myself, but for anybody that felt like their choices were maybe being taken away or that their lifestyle wasn't being respected. And that's just not regarding, you know, medical choices, but for all choices in life, you know? But yeah, that was kind of my journey. And then just staying in this place of, okay, what am I doing that feels right for me? And also having the courage to be disliked and, you know, outcasted or judged or confronted 
or abandoned. You know, all of those things happened because I remained in my authenticity. And so I think that's a piece that we don't really look at when we look at authenticity and soul alignment is that you're going to come up against those conflicts and you're going to come up against those things that are going to tug you into these other domains and places that you don't want to be in. And you have to fight. You have to fight for yourself and fight for your voice and to remain centered. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Thank you so much for being so open and honest and vulnerable and sharing that experience, too, because I imagine there is probably a level of discomfort or maybe worry in sharing that truth because there has been so much judgment towards people that are not, you know, that didn't make the same choice, that aren't making the choice to be vaccinated, at least at this point in time. And so, you know, I'd imagine if I put myself in that position, feeling maybe a bit nervous about sharing that. So I just really want to say thank you so much for being so open and honest and real and vulnerable and sharing that truth, because it takes courage. So thank you, Shannon. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, for a long time, I kept it very secret. I didn't tell like a lot of people. I just kept my head down and I I didn't want that conflict. I didn't want to be abandoned, you know? So it's it's taken definitely some time for me to feel comfortable saying that my truth and really reconciling like, okay, this is actually really important to me. Yeah. And you were you mentioned in there that that was your first time ever standing up for yourself and speaking your truth. So I, that's such a, such a moment to do it. I just think that takes even more strength and courage to do it at that time, because there was so much, as you said earlier, so much pressure to, to just to do it, even if that wasn't what you felt within your heart was right for you. So yeah, that just takes so much courage. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I mean, it definitely wasn't a pretty part of my life. It was definitely one of the darkest times, but I think we have to go through that. You know, we have to go through what I think Dr. Nicole LaPera calls the dark night of the soul, which (laughs) it is incredibly isolating and you do end up withdrawing and it is confusing and it's exhausting. And I definitely rode the emotional roller coaster and then grappling with my decision as well. Cause of course I, I questioned it. Like I said, that inner voice, that inner knowing I was like, well, but, 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 but my career and all the time, effort, uh, blood, literally blood, sweat and tears that I had put in and having that taken away. And like I said, that identity piece and grappling with identity and who am I without this role and what do I do with my time and that's what kind of pushed me on that road of authenticity and I my friend gifted me a book called uh, A Radical Awakening by Dr. Shefali and I absorbed that book and it really examines the different cultural, societal, and familial factors that influence particularly women, the the struggle to be authentic and the conditioning that we are subjected to from the moment we are able to understand basically our native language, right? And breaking down that conditioning to look at your authentic self. Yeah. And I think there was a piece in there too, that you said earlier that it doesn't necessarily have to be healthcare related. It's just often 
we can be pushed in our society or our family, as you were saying, too, by others to compromise our own authenticity. Yeah, Um, but I think we are, you know, that's, again, those cultural pressures that we end up not trusting ourselves. We end up not trusting our decision making. And I've definitely struggled with that as well. And, you know, just it would just be easier if somebody else made this decision for me. And we give our power away every time we do that, you know, and every single time that we have an inclination or a pull towards something, but it's, you're not sure. You're not sure. Mm -hmm. So somebody else, please just make the decision for me. You are giving your power away. You're giving it to somebody else. And that's that form of self-betrayal, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so true. And I wonder if there's a level in there of doing that giving my power away because it's easier to give that sense of responsibility for my life to somebody else than to take ownership and responsibility for my own life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that's a big piece even right now uh, collectively is people not wanting to take responsibility for their own lives and like laying blame elsewhere and you know I see it within my own practice as well as you know it's everybody else's problem that I feel this way and part of the work that I do is guiding people to take their power back and look at that blame and realize that it's actually keeping them stuck and it's keeping them unwell and it's keeping them in this mindset that they are powerless they are weak they are helpless when in fact that's not true at all they have inherent self-worth they have power to make change but there's that resistance to change and it shows up all the time and people come to my sessions and they're in a bad way and they're even when we can acknowledge that there are some very practical meaningful ways that they can make changes there's a part of the brain that resists it. And I know this was mentioned in um, other podcasts as for, but I'm t- more so talking about um, the, the brain and how the brain always seeks out the familiar, whether it is healthy for you or not. And I think that that's important to, for everybody to know because it, sometimes it can feel like you are powerless over your unhealthy coping mechanisms or over your thoughts. And in a sense, that can be true because you have these neural pathways in your brain that are so, depending on how old you are and how long you've been thinking this way, so ingrained. Um, but you can actually, I use this metaphor in my practice with, with clients, is upgrading a new software. You have to override your software. Think of it like a computer. You have this current software it's old it's not serving you anymore it's delayed there's viruses it's not good but you can't just unplug it you've got to override it which takes some coding takes some work and then you need to upload the new software which is those more healthy thoughts healthier behaviors and a healthier way of looking at yourself and the world with a sense of personal responsibility yeah oh my goodness yes Yeah, thank you so much for sharing on that, Shannon. I think that's such an important piece, too, about, you know, having your power and keeping your power versus giving your power away. My curiosity for you, too, about remaining in your own authenticity is 
during that time, either with COVID and choosing not to get the vaccine for yourself or just in general in your life when you weren't remaining in your authenticity, what was it that you did that helped you have the courage and the strength to make that choice to still stay true to yourself? Honestly, it's meditation. When I started meditating and spending those like 90 minutes in float tanks with just your thoughts, it's incredible what comes to the surface. And, you know, in those uh, float sessions, again, like I said, resistance, my brain wanted to fight it. My body wanted to fight it. I was all tensed up. I couldn't relax. And my mind said, I can't believe I'm going to be here for the next 90 minutes. What am I going to do? Oh my goodness. This seems so silly. Da, 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 da. But the perseverance of, okay, just I'm going to relax. I'm going to just see where my mind goes. And all kinds of things came to the surface of questioning, reflecting, and looking at things and assessing them. And is this how I actually feel about this situation? Is this how I feel about my future and my present self? Looking at the past, I definitely sorted out a lot of things from the past and realizing I think that's when I realized that for so long I wasn't acting in an authentic way. And, you know, I still struggle. I, I, I struggle with social anxiety. Um, I get nervous in groups of people, you know, one-on-one -on -one I feel more comfortable. And that's why I do most of my work one-on-one -on -one, um, because I feel like that's really where I can connect and flourish. But in group settings, I am just a wreck, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and oversharing, over-explaining, over-drinking, all of those things. And afterwards, just feeling so ick just ick about it so yeah. it's it's a struggle I would say it's not like you do the work and then you are just in your authentic self 24 7 oh yeah I'm done boom boom that's all good I am me it takes moment to moment effort and I think the real gem is within the pause and when I say that I mean the pause that you need to take in any interaction or when you're being asked of some asked to do something or even asked about your personal life. You know, like I said, I overshare. If somebody asked me a question and all of a sudden I'm telling them everything about me. It's so hard for me to say, I don't want to talk about that. You know, mm -hmm. so it's in that pause, taking a second, which you are allowed to take. It's so funny because we think that we need to answer right away or just have you know, be available or be an open book. And the I'll, I'll just get back to you doesn't seem like a reasonable response, you know, so you can say that you can take a second. Hey, I will get back to you about that. Take a second. See if that actually is something that you want to do is in alignment with yourself, your values, your time, your energy. And if so, proceed. If not, that's how you can say no. And it's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. We don't go to the gym, get our dream bod and then stop going to the gym and just expect that body to stay 
you know, perfectly fit and healthy, Mm -hmm. right? It's, it requires maintenance and it requires to continue to show up and do the practice every day or maybe not necessarily every day, but you know what I mean? Be consistent with it. So Mm -hmm. stay consistent, continue to practice. And that's how we can hope, you know, hopefully maintain that. So Mm -hmm. same with our behavior, same with people pleasing, same with staying authentic, same with staying true to yourself, speaking your truth, all of that requires that piece as you mentioned yeah and 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 just slowing down you know and that especially in our culture today with productivity culture where you feel like you need to be productive all the time and if you're not then you're nothing or urgency culture where the expectation or the pressure to be available to everyone 24 7 it's exhausting and it does not honor our needs and our actual available time and energy because we actually only have so much within our energy envelope we only have so much to give and then when we overgive, and you know especially people like you and I that people pleasing or you know lots of work and just over over booking yourself it's you end up burnt out and you end up feeling just so mad at yourself and then that becomes part of the problem because then you look for other ways to cope with that feeling towards yourself and that's that unhealthy coping whether it's drinking too much numbing out in front of the tv or social media it's those are the ways that we go to to just stop feeling all of the stuff that we have to do and also stop feeling that discomfort with ourselves you know yeah thank you for sharing on that piece too are there any other types of areas you can think of that keep people from being authentic I think it's the the concepts that you make up in your mind as well Um, well I I definitely struggled with eating in my early 20s um, and it was a concept that was in my own brain of feeling that I needed to control this I'll go back and kind of give some more details about having a, a poor relationship with my body and feeling like I needed to control everything that was going into it. And I was always thinking, always thinking about what I was going to eat and, you know, how could I make this a bit healthier, going to the gym excessively. And, you know, this was in my own mind. I wasn't being authentic. I was rejecting myself. And that's what ends up happening when we aren't in a place of authenticity. We are rejecting ourselves. And that is so, so sad because we need to practice self-love and that self-compassion because at the end of the day, we are the only person that we actually have. And, you know, fast forward a few years later, um, once I stopped caring about what my body looked like and honoring it and eating what I wanted and exercising because it felt good and setting different goals, more performance-based goals, like how strong can I get? Can I lift this? And then feeling so amazing when I hit those goals, my body just found its place of like, okay, we're good now. And I can coast now. And it just seemed as soon as I let go of that belief and I sat in that place of self-acceptance and self-compassion, it 
it just seems so much easier. And I felt so much more in love with my body. Mm -hmm. Because you were doing it now for you, not for anybody else. Exactly, exactly. But we can make those concepts in our own mind that are barriers to our authenticity, right? Because it wasn't, nobody was telling me to go to the gym or eat that or eat this. I lived by myself. Nobody could see what I was doing. Um, It was very much an internal concept that I made. And I don't even think I was doing it to be liked uh, or to be accepted. I think it was just a way to control everything around me, which most eating disorders are, you know, stem from that uh, as a need to control things when things are chaotic or you feel like you can't control other things in your life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a, it's a definitely in the brain. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So not even necessarily that you were just doing it for yourself, but not for anybody else. But there's a level that you said too, that because in other ways, you might not have felt in control of your life Mm -hmm. by, you know, I think once again, this goes back to the authenticity piece, right? Where it was hard to be authentic and speak your truth and all of that. So that when we're doing that, we don't feel in control. Yes. So, but now with the obsessing over going to the gym all the time and what you're eating and all of that, then that was the one way that you felt kind of in control, but that also wasn't working for you either. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And also the piece around, you know, when you're coming from a place of inauthenticity, it's incredibly lonely. There's just an overarching sense of deep loneliness because nobody is actually truly seeing you for who you are and neither are you but there's a deep knowing inside of you that knows that there's these walls up that need to come down and that you want to be seen because we all do there's such a deep desire to be seen and to be heard for just the pure human being that we are and when you don't let that come through and you don't let that authenticity shine through it's a very isolating life, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally. And I think there's that level in there when we're not able to show up and be authentic. We're showing up as a different version of ourselves. So we're not actually being seen. We're not actually being heard. What's being seen and heard from us is this version that's not really truly who we are. So it totally, totally makes sense to me that in the end, what's going to happen is we're going to start to feel disconnected from other people we're going to start to feel isolated even though maybe we are having conversations and we're surrounded by people but Mm -hmm. we do still start to feel lonely because we're not having that authentic deep connection real true connection with other people yes exactly exactly and that and that is a need you know and I don't think it gets addressed but it's it's apparent because that's why we have counselors, you know, that's why we have this entire field of helping people because it's to address the need of being seen. Yeah. Oh, so true. And I think from my experience by seeing a counselor was very much in those moments, feeling so seen, feeling so incredibly heard because that's what they're doing. They're sitting there holding space. They're seeing me. They're hearing me. They're validating me and my experiences. So yeah, such a, an incredible space that 
counselors and therapists and mental health professionals are able to hold for people. Yeah, absolutely. I've definitely like gone through that myself of, you know, my counselor asked me, so what do you actually need from me right now? And I stopped for a second and I said, I just need you to listen, actually. I just need you to listen to what I have to say and probably validate my experience. And she said, okay. And that was perfect. That's exactly what I needed. You know, I just needed to share my voice, share things that I had never shared before or even spoken aloud. And to just have that come out is so cathartic. But I think you touched on this before as well is that there's a fear of judgment, a fear of rejection and a fear of abandonment that is just intrinsic in our in our culture right now. And that prevents us from being vulnerable and people put up their walls because they don't want to be rejected. They don't want to be judged because in our again, in our culture, it's bad. It's bad to be rejected. It's bad to fail. It's bad to be judged. But it happens all the time. And we need to normalize it, even though the feeling sucks. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that rejection doesn't mean that you as an inherent human being is unlovable. You know, Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of uh, implications that if I am rejected or if I am judged this way or if I am abandoned, that means that I am not lovable. And that is so not true, but it's it's so insidious in our culture. And that's kind of the work that I do with my clients is to look at that self-worth piece that's just there for you as you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes. And I think that abandonment piece, oh my goodness, it's so true. We're often so afraid. I'll speak self-responsibly here. I know I, in the past, was so afraid of being real and honest, that fear of not being liked and being abandoned and being on my own. And it was uncomfortable when I started practicing setting boundaries with people. I started practicing saying no, because I kid you not, I did not say no before. I could not say no, like, not that I physically couldn't say no. The idea of saying no was just incredibly difficult and challenging for me that I thought I couldn't do it. And, but the more I practiced it, the more I did it, the easier it became and the less uncomfortable it became (laughs) and the more empowering it felt because I was finally doing what was aligned for me and I was speaking my truth and I was being honest with people because before I would say little white lies just to, Mm. just to please people or to fit in, you know, Mm -hmm. and it felt so icky. Like I remember every time I would do it, why did I do that? Like, why would I, even though it was a harmless little white lie, I just hated that. I just wasn't being honest. I wasn't speaking, like wasn't telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so it's just, when we finally are able to walk through that discomfort, as mentioned, become comfortable with being uncomfortable, it just becomes a lot easier. We start living within our values, right? I think that level of dishonesty I had before was rubbing against my the, the value of being honest. And so it just helped to be able to be like, oh, okay, now I'm being more honest and I am being myself and I'm being more free. And that fear of abandonment, it's interesting because yes, I love to socialize. I love all my friends. I love all my family. And I would hate to not have them in my life. 
But I came to a point where I was like, if people can't accept me for who I truly am, then I'm probably better off without that relationship. And Mm -hmm. the relationships that I did have, when I started to become more authentic, the connection just became even stronger and deeper. And I noticed I was even, yeah, stronger, deeper, and it became even more loved for being me. So there was a great reward from doing the work and stepping into that fear. Yes, I love that. And, you know, I can even speak to conversations that you and I have had outside of this and feeling more connected, you and I, right? Mm -hmm, Totally. And it's been so beautiful. Now we're here having another amazing conversation and getting to share about these deep concepts that are just so apparent everywhere. And I think it's interesting that, you you know, you said the value of being honest and, you know, for your listeners, what tool that if you're struggling with, okay, how do I know when I'm being authentic and you know, don't really know where to start and the conditioning is quite heavy, a great place to start is making a list of values. And these are things that you find important and make you feel like you're being cared for, you're loved and you're seen. And not just those are values that you value in other people or in your relationships, but they also have to be reflected in how you go about yourself. So like you said, you value honesty. Well, then you have to act in an honest way in order to feel authentic. Those values have to come from in your heart and they have to show up in the way that you go about your interactions and not just the expectations that you put on other people. And I think that goes into boundaries, which I know we've talked about as a whole other conversation. (laughs) (laughs) totally oh my goodness there's so much that goes into this this topic around authenticity and barriers around our authentic there's just so many pieces that are connected and intertwined in it and yes boundaries would be a great conversation to have so we'll have to have you back on the show so we can just talk about boundaries in general too yes yeah Oh, oh my goodness I really want to go back for a minute and speak a bit more about the power piece that you were mentioning Mm. when you were talking about power you were saying that we can sometimes blame other people for our experiences you know you made me you know I'm feeling this way because you did xyz and that's taking our power away as you mentioned right when we're doing that we're saying our feelings emotions behaviors all of that is this is a result of somebody in my environment or something in my environment happening so I don't have any control I don't have any power in that Whereas where our power does lie is by taking back that ownership and recognizing that we do have control over our emotions, our feelings, our behaviors, our actions. We do have everything within us that's ours to be responsible for. And we can take a pause, take a deep breath and choose how we want to respond to what's going on outside of us. Once again, when we do make these choices where maybe we aren't aligning with our truth and we're not being authentic, we can take our power back even just by deciding to take responsibility for our past choices as well. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I, I love that you bring that up because it is so important, you know, to look at the past as well 
even when you were not living in an authentic way and still saying, yep, that's what I did. And it's an integration of these different parts of yourself. So in my practice, I do a little incorporation of IFS, like internal family systems therapy. So it's parts work where we look Mm -hmm. at different parts of ourselves and we see this in our language all the time. A part of me wants this, but a part of me wants that, but another part of me wants to do this. We use it all the time. So we do know that different parts exist within us, right? Mm -hmm. And our parts are formulated based on our experiences and they kind of form this barrier around our authentic self. So we have ones that are managerial and they want to protect us and they want everything to be controlled and they come out in very controlling ways. And then you have these firefighter parts of us, which are reactive, impulsive, more of that uh, self-destructive type of behavior. And they all serve a purpose. You know, they all serve a purpose to protect hurt parts of ourselves that we have inside. And our authentic self is the one that we need to have in the driver's seat and to tell all those parts, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, but we need to take responsibility for the actions of all these different parts of us. And we need to practice some forgiveness towards all of you. And it sounds kind of weird when I say it this way, as if we have multiple personalities. We don't. (laughs) I'm just saying that there's different parts inside of us that function and they come out in certain scenarios when triggers arise or something gets said or you're presented with conflict or a situation that feels familiar, you're going to have a reaction, right? And that's part of the work is, okay, is this a reaction or is this a response from my authentic self? And so it's an integration of all of these different parts and to look at them and analyze them and comfort them and to also release them from this job to protect you because you have your own power. You can take it back and you don't need all these parts of yourself to protect that part of you anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that completely makes sense. Thank you so much. I think that's so important to that self-love piece and loving all aspects of yourself, all pieces of yourself, as you said, right? So because when we do these things, when different parts of ourselves come out, when we're not being authentic, if we can just show ourselves some love. Even that I mean, I'm going to keep going back to the power piece because I just think that was such an important message that even that is helping you stay within your own power, right? Is empowering you too, because you're, you are connecting in with yourself. You're loving yourself. You're holding yourself. You're respecting yourself. And so, yeah, I just think such an important piece because we're all practicing. We're all human. We're all learning. We're all growing. We're all evolving and we're all capable of making quote-unquote mistakes which I'm not even going to call this a mistake because (laughs) I just think it's a part of growing I think all mistakes honestly are a part of growing that's my reframe for whenever I you know I think I've made a mistake I'm like oh no I'm just growing this is a great growing opportunity a great piece for me to learn and evolve even more so yeah I just think that's so important and thank you so much for sharing on that yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I call them learning opportunities. Actually, my first nursing manager would call them learning opportunities when I you know first started nursing. Obviously made mistakes because I was brand new at it. And 
she was never condescending or punitive. It was always just a learning opportunity. And I've had to do the same reframing because I definitely struggle with, you know, failure. If I mess up on something, I'm a failure. And shifting from that mindset is definitely hard and just reminding myself. And again, that's that authentic self soothing those other parts. Nope, you're not a failure. You're just learning. It's going to be okay. Why don't you just try again? So I totally agree with having to reframe failure and failure being a part of the process. And we are so afraid of failure as a culture that it becomes this thing that keeps us stuck and it keeps us small. It doesn't want us to try anything new because what if I look stupid? What if I fail? You know, I really had to overcome that as well when I started my own independent practice. Going from, you know, employee mindset to independent, it's it was definitely a transition and I definitely had those thoughts. What if I fail? What if I, what if people think I'm stupid? Because they're, it's a very new field for nurses to do private health care. And mm-hmm. I didn't have any guidance. I didn't have any mentorship. I had some guidelines to go off of, some legislation to go off of. But in terms of actually doing it, it, was really coming down to me feeling confident in my skills to provide a service that I know has value and know that can help people and help them feel seen and live a more fulfilled life. And I had to trust in myself that I could do this regardless of the thoughts that came up, regardless of my fear fear of failure, my fear of rejection, you know, and that was a really big turning point for me. Yeah, thank you. That's so true. That fear of rejection can definitely be a barrier to our authenticity. And I think many people can relate to that in business, as you were using as an example for your own life, but in many, 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 many different ways. I think often a lot of us fear not succeeding or being rejected in different aspects, right? Like friend groups, socializing, all that too. So there's just so many different ways that we can all experience that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's being aware that there's multiple factors at play that are going to dissuade you from being your authentic self. And I don't mean that in a doom and gloom type of way, but it's, it's important to be conscious of those factors and to analyze the different people, situations, politics, work environment, everything that is at play, because your brain is constantly processing information, constantly. We, it's incomprehensible how much information our brain is trying to work through in any given day. And we're taking it all in, we're taking it all in, we're trying to make sense of it, because that's all our brain really tries to do. Okay, categorize the most efficient way. Okay, here, this, 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 this. And if you have the pathways or the compartments as a visual for not feeling enough or not feeling 
accepted, then you're going to have that box full because your brain is just going to be constantly looking for confirmation that that is true. And so being aware that your brain will do that, even on those subconscious levels, and you have to be very aware, you have to use your conscious mind to override that and be like, oh, no, 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 that's actually, that doesn't need to go in that compartment. It needs to go somewhere else because that is my perception that is allowing me to feel that way about myself. And it's not actually true. And it doesn't support my authentic self because my authentic self is enough and it's worthy and it deserves to be loved. It is lovable inherently, but we just, our culture just doesn't want us to feel that way. And it's really sad, you know, when we can see it in so many different avenues and through social media, through, through politics, through any type of messaging that whatever you're doing is not enough or whatever you're doing isn't right or it's not up to the trend, you know, it's not politically correct and you're trying to just keep up with everything all the time just to appease everybody around you and these societal pressures to be a good human being. When really at your core, you just being you, you're most likely a good human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you are enough exactly, exactly the way you are. Yes. Who you are is enough right now as you are. You don't need to make any changes or differences to be, to be enough or to be lovable. You are all of that right now. And I think that's so important. We are worthy just because we we purely exist right like we exist mm-hmm. and that's all the reasons that we are worthy of love and respect and all of that so mm-hmm. um, yeah just thank you I think that's so important you know this was just such a beautiful conversation Shannon and I think so many important pieces were involved in this conversation as well around you know the barriers first of all to be able to recognize the barriers um, towards being authentic but also what authenticity looks like. And then, um, you know, the important pieces too, for when we're not being authentic, when we're not staying authentic and, or being true to ourselves, recognizing that that doesn't mean that we've given our power away because we can still take ownership for our respons- and responsibility for our choices. And then that's where our power is laying. But also when we aren't being authentic, showing ourselves that love and compassion and care and kindness, all of that and how important that piece is too, to once again, connect back in with ourselves. I know earlier you mentioned the values and how that can be such a great tool to help you to connect in with yourself and recognize by living within your values, recognizing your authenticity and how you can be authentic. I'm curious, though, if there's any other thing that you have, any other tool to help people recognize either their barriers to authenticity or just a tool to help people remain within their authenticity. Yeah, definitely. I think in terms of looking at barriers for individuals, a really important piece, and this is work that I would recommend doing with a professional, is 
looking at those early childhood experiences and learning about the beliefs that were formed about yourself, the world, relationships, safety. These are really, really important things to look at. Uh, Most beliefs about ourselves are usually formulated by the time we are seven years old. And if you think about, you know, somebody up until seven year a seven year old person, they are very emotional and we can't necessarily trust that those beliefs are true. And most of the time they're not. And it I do this a lot with clients is unpacking those beliefs and how are they still showing up for you today? And that is going to highlight some of your own perceived barriers in your own world is looking at those beliefs that were formulated and challenging them and asking yourself the question, is this belief actually true? Mm -hmm. And so that would be one piece in terms of looking at the barriers that we haven't already talked about. Um, But like I said, I would definitely suggest strongly that you do that with a mental health professional especially if you have trauma um, because we want you to feel safe and when you start to unpack that type of history other things can bubble to the surface and then if you have unhealthy coping mechanisms those might be heightened so we want to make sure that you're doing that in a safe and supportive environment so um, I would definitely recommend that and in terms of remaining in the authenticity in a day-to-day practice I have to go back to meditation it's it is such a powerful tool and even through yoga as well um, I've definitely felt so connected to myself my body my heart my vision when I've been in practice and coming out of that feeling more empowered. So if you have resources to do that or you can do it at home. And one other tool would be to also connect with nature and spend time in stillness in nature. Not if meditation, sitting with your arms on your legs and trying to just not think isn't your jam, then definitely just getting outside getting into nature, leave your phone at home, don't have your headphones in, just don't even have a destination. Just go for a walk, be in nature, pause, connect with the trees. There's definitely times when I was in my dark space, I did a lot of walking and I would always go to this park that nobody was ever there and walk in this trail. And, you know, sometimes I just stopped and I sat down and I cried and then got up and just kept walking and sometimes I hated the walk hated going but then was thankful that I just got outside was in the trees I stood there and looked up at the trees just swaying gently in the wind and just felt so connected to the world myself our oneness and knowing that things were going to be okay and that felt like my inner voice my inner intuition and my authentic self really speaking to me and soothing me at that time. So I would definitely recommend doing that. Oh, thank you. Those are such great suggestions. 
And yes, the to all of it. <laughs> Maybe, like yes, 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 yes. Yes to the earlier one about, you know, seeing a mental health professional to help you through that because yes, there can be triggers that can definitely come up in this work. And it's so important to have somebody there to support you through that. But then also the walking through to help you right now, walking through nature, connecting in with nature. And I also think there's an element in there with both meditation and going for a walk, which is being by yourself. Yes. And when we're by ourselves, we don't have anybody else that we're needing to please or conform to, or we're just by ourselves with ourselves. So that's the place when you are with yourself that you can finally connect in and tune in with yourself and gain a stronger connection and get to know who you are. And yeah, hear those thoughts that are coming up and recognize, oh, wow, that was interesting. Well, I wonder what that was about or, or have reflective questions towards yourself and what you want and need or would like and all of those juicy, juicy questions that we have that maybe when we're in relation with other people or we're busy, we're distracted and we're not asking. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Carving out that alone time is, is a need Mm -hmm. and it should be a priority for more of us, you know, Mm -hmm, completely. Do you mind just sharing with everybody your services, what you do, what you have to offer and how people can find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So my uh, mental health service is called Support with S, S being me. Um, So I offer comprehensive mental health assessments, counseling services, and for anybody that is listening that lives in the Kelowna or West Kelowna area, I also offer outreach services and psychosocial rehab support. So if you or your loved one or someone that you know has had a recent uh, psychiatric crisis and needs some more support reintegrating back into community, I offer outreach and intensive services around that. For the in-person counseling or online counseling, I really, really love to work with adolescents, young adults. That is my passion and it's been my experience and I just think it's the most important developmental stage and I there's so many youth that are suffering right now and I really want to help. And so you can find me at www.supportwitha.ca. You can book a free 15-minute consult with me to see if I can help you in any way. And then we can either chat online or in person. I'm not offering any group things at the moment. Like I said, my uh, comfort and where I feel like I can really connect is one-on-one. So those are the only services that I'm offering. I'm also on Instagram at support with us. Amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you again for agreeing to be on the show and for sharing such a valuable message today definitely already planning having you back on the show talking all about boundaries now (laughs) yay oh that was so fun (laughs) yeah thank you so much for listening everyone i hope you enjoyed this episode with shannon as much as i did i think a lot of this stuff around authenticity can be quite challenging so it was great to talk about that today and just learn a little bit more about what that can look like for some of us if you want to learn a bit more about shannon you can find her website as well as her instagram in the show notes. It's a quick link to go check that out. 
Also stay tuned because next Tuesday I have another great special guest. Her name is Jamie Sutherland and she will be sharing about all things spiritual and spirituality. So I cannot wait to share that really fun, exciting episode with you all. And if you want to already just kind of go pre-check out Jamie and what she's up to, her Instagram is at about the dash. So you can go check her out now before we start this episode next week. Can't wait. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day and I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.